Hello, everyone, and welcome to the In the Pocket Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Chip Ginyard. This is episode 10 of the Musician Memoir Series. This podcast was created to help people find their rhythm, to help them find their niche through the inspirational stories that our guests provide. We want you to find your groove and stay in the pocket. We want you to continue to pursue your dreams with the motivation that you gain from listening to our guests. Hailing all the way from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, by way of Atlanta, I'd like to introduce my friend and brother. My guest today is the father, multi-instrumentalist, clinician, teacher, and just a good dude. This young OG has created a name in the industry that will be respected forever. My brother has played and recorded with some of the biggest names in gospel, pop, R&B, and hip hop. He has some stories and he's gonna share with us on his successful life on the road and off the road. So let's not keep you waiting. Welcome to the pod, my friend and brother, Mr. Justin Rafiki Reyes. Just what up, man? You, what's up, man? <laughs> my guy, I appreciate you taking time out to be with me, bro. It's, it's, um, we have a long line of friendship, long, many years of friendship. Uh, we're both here in Atlanta. You should have came to the house. We could have just did this at the crib, but. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm super hyped that you uh, took time out to be here. Many people um, don't know how far back we go, um, but like very to the beginning, we're going to talk all about it. Mm -hmm. You have created a, a wonderful name for yourself in this industry, respected. Like no, nobody that I know that mentions your name doesn't mention good things. Uh, your professionalism, your character, the way you carry yourself, your, your family oriented, um, you love God, you're, you, you worship God on your instrument, you know, you're professional. Like there's so many things that people can, uh, learn and, and glean from you. And I just want to pick your brain today and share with our audience on how to find their groove and stay in, and stay in the pocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, man. I'm, well, I'm here. I'm an open book, man. Whatever you want to know. That's let's I'm get here. it. Let's <laughs> get it. My brother is here today. So let's go. Let's get right into it. You're from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, do you consider that the Midwest? Oh, man, I've had that. I've had that question before. And I don't. Growing up, I've always thought it was just the it was the East Coast. You yeah, know? yeah, it's it's Western Pennsylvania, yeah. like right by Ohio. But it's, right. I've always considered it, you know, East Coast. I don't know some people might consider it Midwest. I'm not sure. Yeah, because technically, I think Ohio is kind of where it starts. But yeah. I, I don't know. Like I claim for the East Coast, I you know, being from Connecticut, I think yeah. I consider Pittsburgh right there. It's a few hours away. So so do I. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So who who was the person that gave you the Rafiki nickname? So actually that um that happened in college. Okay. And um and in college I was always the goofy <laughs> the the goofy dancing as I still do today. Yeah. A dancing bass player. Right. And um and it was like you up here looking like Rafiki. <laughs> like a little monkey. <laughs> oh, God. But it was but it was more of a joke of like amongst friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and that's kind of how it started, but it stayed because um in the movie Lion King, you know, mm -hmm. Rafiki is like the wise, you know, yeah. monkey. You know, he he he's the wise one. Yeah. And uh, when I was in college, everybody always came to me for something. Oh, know, that's good. You know, for advice or Although I was barely in my twenties, right, know, right. They, um, I just had a lot of wisdom, whether it was music driven or just, mm -hmm. or just, or just anything. I just had like a, not, a lot, a lot of knowledge on different things. Yeah, people kind of came with me, so so the name fit, you know, beyond yeah. 
just you know dancing on stage if you got will. you got you so you're wise beyond your years yeah 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 nah it fits i i dig it i dig it um it definitely stuck throughout the years and it's kind right. of the, your signature now what's funny is there's some people don't think rafiki is my actual name like oh, God. I've, I've gone over to you know different countries within <laughs> africa and when they see me they don't say justin they say rafiki <laughs> so, really just go cool. with it just go with it right 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 so you growing up in Pittsburgh. Um, talk about your how it was growing up first in your home. Like what, what the vibe was like. So um, let's see. Mom, single parent, mm -hmm. growing up in Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, mom worked worked a few few jobs. You know, yeah. just to make sure that I was good. And mm -hmm. that's you know, as as many black moms, you know, single black moms at least were. Yeah. Um, and um, I I always had an interest in the arts. Yeah. So so when I was you know five years old, six years old, I was interested in in, in dance. So my mom put me in dance. Wow. I was I was, in, I was interested in visual arts. So she put me in, in art classes. You know. Yeah. So um, whatever I wanted to do, she was support. Supportive. Yeah. And it wasn't until the fifth grade, you know, when when we grew up, you know. Mm. Um, when you got to a certain grade, they would send a paper home with with instruments on it, and you yeah. choose you choose right. instrument, you know that you want to play. Yeah, and they gave they gave us three choices, and I chose drums as number one. Right, saxophone is two, and I chose the trumpet last because I didn't know anything about it. Okay, I knew about the saxophone because you, you see it on TV. Of and course, yeah. I, of course, I knew what drums were. Yeah, and they gave me trumpet. Mm. <laughs> so, right. Um. But little did I know that me picking the trumpet would literally start the progression of my entire musical journey. Wow. You know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I picked up picked up trumpet and um my mom just kind of let me do whatever I wanted to. Yeah. And you know, as a child, in a child's place. Right, of course. <laughs> she let me um whatever I wanted to do, she, she she's always been extremely supportive. That's dope. And, um, and uh that's that's kind of like the the start, if you will. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So from there, you're are you already in a performance arts setting at that time or no, not not yet. Um after after picking up the trumpet in the fifth grade, my um my music teacher in the fifth grade noticed that I had an exceptional uh, gift. You know, even with the trumpet, like I didn't do what they told me to do. They said take the instrument home and buzz on the mouthpiece. Right. Don't take it out. Don't do nothing. Right. I took it home and I took that whole thing apart. <laughs> <laughs> and and I and they knew I took it apart because I I didn't know how to put it back together. <laughs> back to the school. I mean, they you know yeah did everything, but um every day I was just practice, 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 yeah. and I remember. The kindergarten teacher of my elementary school, she um, she 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 will always see me, you know, carrying my trumpet on the instrumental days, and she's like, you know what, you remind me of Miles Davis. <laughs> like I don't know who that is. Right. So she took me into the kindergarten room, and and you know, back in the day, we had the the roll-in TVs with the yeah, of course, yeah. She had a a VHS of a Miles Davis concert. 
Wow. And she showed me Miles Davis. She sh- she showed me a, a whole concert of Miles Davis. Wow. And um, that that thing, it stuck with me. Yeah. Was, okay. Like in more ways than one. I was okay. like, yeah, I probably never pick up a cigarette because of that. <laughs> you know. Um, but um, but my my music teacher suggested that I go to the performing arts middle school. Okay. Um, I actually don't even remember auditioning. I think it was just all word of mouth. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I got into the middle school for the performing arts. Okay. A lot happened there, you know, like it it was a lot of theory, a lot of being Mm. around, you know, students and then my teachers. Theory in in middle school? Wow. Yeah. 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 Like when, when, when I was in middle school, you... I, our school would push us to be beyond where we were. So mm. if if you were in sixth grade, you need to be on, on an eighth grade reading. Yeah. If you're in eighth grade, you need to be on a 10th or 11th grade reading level. You know, yeah. um, just kind of keep, keep yeah. pushing beyond, you know, what it is. Right. The regular, if, if you will. Yeah, I'm so yeah. jealous of you guys in Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, Philadelphia area, like, we didn't have that in Connecticut. We didn't have performing arts. Mm-hmm. So, you know, music was on what? Tuesdays and Fridays. Mm-hmm. You know, the band would practice when you finally got to fifth grade, you know, you could have, it was an elective and you could, uh, but we didn't have any specialized uh, curriculum for, for music at all. Mm-hmm. So like the Spankies and the Justin Rains of the world who all y'all went through, Little John, y'all all had access to you know, these performing arts schools and fame and all that stuff being, you know, <laughs> in that area, in that state, we didn't have any of that. So I was super jealous. And I feel like a lot of kids, a lot of people in our age age group and age range probably could have done and been more successful um, sure. if we had access and our mind were op- was open at that mm-hmm. earlier age. But as uh, soon as I graduated, then they built a school oh. uh, for performing <laughs> arts. So it was a little too much, a little too late. Right. So um I see your your progression was organic. Um, when did you switch from from trumpet to bass? Um, it was actually the last thing. So, like I said, uh, picking up trumpet in middle school. Um, well, one being in, being in any kind of performing arts school, um, piano is always re- required. Okay. Everyone must know how to play the basics of piano. That's great! Wow. Um, so, so for me, being being like I said, being in middle school, I was very in invested. I was yeah. like, I'll come home, do my homework, and I'll practice six, yeah. seven, eight hours a day. Mm-hmm. Um, because I loved it. I loved yeah. it, you know. And and then that that seed of the lady, you know, showing me Miles Davis. I remember for, for Christmas, I got the Kind of Blue um, mm. album for, yeah. uh, for Christmas. Wow. And before I knew what transcribing was, I, I was transcribing Miles Davis. Wow. You know, and because in middle school, we learned theory at such a young age. Yeah. I was writing it out. Oh. I was like, okay, this is what it is. I'm, I'm writing it out. Mm. I, 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 I'm thinking this is the norm. This yeah. How does how people respond? And, and what do you like? 11 12 years old yeah, 10 11 12 <laughs> um and then i had access to a lot in pittsburgh the pittsburgh is a 
is a small city but a large jazz community uh yeah um, and so um george benson is from uh pittsburgh, pittsburgh. Isn't he? Absolutely. yeah absolutely. absolutely crazy um and so i was a part of like a summer jazz series i was part mm -hmm. of um all city jazz and all state jazz band mm -hmm. all state orchestras and all state yeah. orchestras and um along with the performing arts middle school that i was in in pittsburgh at the time there was a there was a saturday school called centers for the creative and performing arts mm. it was like an extra saturday school from like 9 a.m till 2 p.m gotcha. where i went there and mm -hmm. it was you know more theory classes right um uh brass band orchestra jazz band quintets all throughout the day you wow. know so i have performing arts school yeah Saturday music school and then electives outside of school like all city and all mm -hmm. and all state yeah um, jazz and um jazz and classical orchestra so what were you leaning more what was your favorite back then was it more jazz or was it more the orchestra side of it didn't matter just love to play i just love to play I, I i found um i found love in just playing yeah it, you know just playing yeah. and and because i i, I was good mm -hmm. at it, um that that fueled fueled it even more and because That's i was dope. good i was winning awards I was like featured on the radio. I was, wow. you know, like like th this young star mm -hmm. throughout the city, if you will. Um, You're a prodigy, man. <laughs> um, and then and then I went to high school in the high yeah. school for the performing arts, mm -hmm. and, um, and and it, it was there in the tenth grade that I picked up the bass. So by then I was already I played drums, I played yeah. trumpet, and I played piano. And I picked up the bass in the 10th grade um, because we didn't have any student electric bass players. Wow. We had um we we had bass players that 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 played the upright mm -hmm. that uh, that played the double bass, but none of them wanted to play the electric bass in jazz band. So in jazz band, we had a plethora of trumpets. Wow, <laughs> and, yeah. And our guitar teacher was playing bass mm -hmm. pick. Which I just thought was so weird. Yeah, playing, playing jazz. I mean, today it's it's more common, yeah. but but then I I was like, that's so weird, you know. <laughs> so I was I was lead trumpet. I was a section leader. I was principal trumpet and everything. And I was like, you know, I learned bass. Yeah, I already know the theory. Wow, you know what I mean, like I know all I know all the chord changes and all that stuff. I'll just I'll, I'll learn bass. So the guitar teacher showed me the A flat major scale. Wow. This is what it looks like on the bass. That's the only lesson I ever got in high school. You know, he showed <laughs> me how to play the A flat major scale. Yeah. On the bass, and I took I took the school bass home and just practiced on it. You wow. Know, just practiced the shapes. I'm like, okay, well, I, I know. If this is a G and this is the shape, I know you know the notes in the G major scale or you know G A B C D E F sharp G, and like I know those things. Mm -hmm. um, I I know how to read music. I just have to get my hand, you know, developed. Yeah, all of this is going on at the same time. You know, growing up in church, of course, yeah. So my ear is developing. Of and course, developed. So, were you playing drums at church by then? Yeah, yeah. 
So I, I was the young musician that was telling the older musicians what they were playing. <laughs> wow. Because you could transcribe everything yeah. and break it down. You knew what they were playing. Yeah, because I could transcribe it. I could tell them, yeah. like, Man, what are you playing? And they're like, I don't know. <laughs> and at that time, I thought they were being jerks. Like, yeah. like, like you don't want to show me. But as I, got really older, didn't know. <laughs> as I got older, I was like, oh, you really didn't know. Yeah. Because now I, I, as a teacher, I mm-hmm. now have students yeah that'll play something amazing right you know what you just played and they're like no i don't i'm like okay well let me explain yeah so i was doing that at like a very young age um so in church developing my ear Mm -hmm. at school developing my ear and my reading and all this so all this is going on at the same time and then when i picked up bass i just kind of just dove in head first you know i would take the bass to rehearsals and sound terrible mm. sound like trash <laughs> you know but i just practiced every day practice yeah. practice practice and you already had that work ethic in you from the trumpet yeah. so mm-hmm. practicing and sitting down for many hours sharpening your craft wasn't anything that wasn't normal to you no no not at all and um me and uh me and my friends we had a trio one one played drums, one played keys, and mm-hmm. I was the bass player. Well, wow. I was I was trumpet player, but then I picked up the bass. I was like, okay, yeah. so we got a little trio that we played at church together, and um, we just kind of pushed each other, mm-hmm. you know, from playing you know little triad chords and playing little simple you know drum licks to actual yeah. you know accompanying jazz artists and gospel artists you know throughout the city and stuff like that. So what came first, your uh... Your jazz ears or your gospel ears? I probably have to say jazz ears. Yeah, my jazz ears. I would, I would think maybe in my subconscious the gospel okay. because you know, not not grew up church of God in Christ, okay. so I was hearing it. Oh, the grand old, Ooh. you can't join it, huh? Yeah. Born in, just, my God, I yes, sir. My seat was still there, <laughs> <laughs> but um. When I think back, man, there were so many seeds. Yeah, I didn't really like pay attention to because I because I wasn't into music yet until yeah yeah yeah. After. Um, like James Moore live in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. That's at my church. Yeah, wow. Yeah, that was my church in Pittsburgh. Whoa. I, re- I remember pulling up me and my mom going to the church, um, for the concert. And yeah, seeing all these wires on the floor of the church yeah. and. And seeing all these trucks outside, and yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I remember all of that. That's um, so cool. And um, wow, I just I, I just thought of something. On that album, there's a song that um that Donald Hayes plays sax on. Well, well, well he, he 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 played on on the whole album, but there's yeah. a song that he's featured on. That when I started playing trumpet and getting a little good at it, I played trumpet in my church. To that song. <laughs> that song. Wow. It I just randomly hit me as I'm sitting here talking about that. But but yeah, just growing up and being around it. Mm-hmm. So I'll say consciously jazz probably came first, but subconsciously gospel was already there. But you're on the flip side, you're at choir rehearsal, mm-hmm. you know, learning the Hezekiah Walker songs, the Ole and the Draper songs, the you know, all, all that. that stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're sharpening your ear, and then you're technically going to school and getting sound there. Mm-hmm. That's dope. Well-rounded. Wow. So it's kind of an organic kind of feel. Like, see, with me, it was 
all church, just one dimensional, mm-hmm. right? I tried to get into the band in school and um I played um I started with the saxophone and uh um, oh, but I, I could already play drums. So it was the learning curve. You know how it is, it's tough when you're already advanced on an instrument. Sure. And then you try to go to another instrument, you really don't have the discipline unless mm-hmm. you have somebody over your, you know, pushing you to do so. So got you. Gave that saxophone back, you know. I was bored, <laughs> bored too easy, you know, because I didn't, I didn't have the heart for it. And then I moved to the bass, right? I picked up a bass, but it was too, it was too much equipment. It was carrying the bass. <laughs> it was, you know, I had the little gorilla amp and the hard mm-hmm. guitars in my book bag. I'm getting on the bus with it. I'm like, man, this is for the birds. I, I'm not doing this. And so, um, my uh, band teacher, we had a kick, snare, hi hat, crash, and maybe a floor tom, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I just got on and started playing with the, you know, just after practice was over, I put my saxophone down and they didn't know I could play. And once I played, it was like, nah, put that, put that sax back. Yeah, You're not yeah, playing yeah. nothing. Put the bass down. You're not playing anything else. So I instantly became, you know, the Allstate and all that stuff with the oh, no, jazz no, band. No. But, but yeah, but my, my focus was only church, you know, it, it never moved to that side. And I'm kind of jealous of you guys that had the <laughs> opportunity to really learn that way. Cause I feel like it would have changed my direction as a musician, but I'm grateful for it everything I got, I got so far man everybody's everybody's uh journey is different man. everybody's journey is different that's good to say man because every some people you know see your life and, and and want you know your journey you set the path for yourself and, and yeah. let everybody know you know which way you wanted to go so absolutely absolutely um and if i can kind of continue so yeah so that was kind of like the introduction to bass if you will yeah and then once i started playing or getting comfortable with it i was like oh i'm a a quadruple threat you know i play i play trumpet i play bass i play drums and and i play piano yeah you know like for for a while my my email in high school was tdb 2002 which was trumpet drums bass wow <laughs> in 2002 the year that i graduated high school so yeah that was that was my email address uh, uh, um when i was younger <laughs> wow um but i was like I, I was i was and and i was driven to be good at all of them because my teachers said that i couldn't yeah oh wow my teachers were like well, well you know you got to choose one i said no i don't yeah no no, I don't. And then somebody showed me Prince. I said, "Oh, I definitely don't." <laughs> <laughs> no, no, exactly. And, everything. And like me, I switched my principal instrument from trumpet to drums. Okay. And and some of it was spite. Some of okay. it was spite because the because the, the the teacher at the time was like, "You can't do X, Y, and Z. You can't do that. You have to choose one." I'm like, "Okay." Ooh. I'm, I'm your principal trumpet right yeah right okay i'm gonna go be a drummer now i'm gonna be the drummer <laughs> yeah so <laughs> i did that i did it out of spite but <laughs> yeah um because they said because they said that i couldn't do it right i was and, and it just pushed me even more you know to just you know be good at drums be good at yeah. bass, be good at piano be good at trumpet mm-hmm. um trumpet ended up taking the back seat as because bass just there weren't there weren't young bass players no. you know, throughout the city. Like when when not, when I was younger, there weren't a lot of young electric bass players in church. Right, there weren't at all. Like I like like I was one of the first to kind of start it, and then like some of my friends and like and my cousin, 
mm-hmm. they started they started playing because my cousin played French horn. Okay. Probably one of the baddest French horn players I've ever that that I know to this day. He yeah, was, yeah, yeah. We were an all city jazz band together, and he was playing first alto saxophone parts on a French on horn. A French horn, wow, jeez. Not just playing it, but sight reading it because the French horn it, is an F instrument. Yeah, alto saxophone is an E flat instrument. So you transpose. So you have to transpose yeah. while you're reading. Yeah. So yeah. So next level. Didn't really realize that when I was a kid. I was just like, right. oh, that's what you're supposed to do. You yeah, know? yeah. When I got older, I'm like, yo, wow. We we were exposed to a lot, but as we got older, we every, everybody started to kind of you know play more rhythmic instruments. You know, bass. You know, drums and stuff like that. But right. Um. The more I played, the the more exposure that I got around the city, mm-hmm. and um, it went from you know playing in my home church, because because in my home church I didn't play bass, I played drums. Right. So it went from um, playing drums in my home church to playing bass for like some of the community choirs, yeah, 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 or the community groups and stuff like that, and. Um, and just watching the older bass players that were around me in the city, yeah, you know, play. I was I was a sponge. I was always watching them and seeing how they played, what they did. Um, one of my biggest influences, a guy named Alonzo Smith from okay. Youngstown, Ohio, mm. and or or Warren, Ohio. They're they're pretty close to each other. And um, him and a guy named Barry and a guy named Raymond. They drove from Ohio to Pittsburgh to play for one of the biggest, you know, a, a, a community choirs. My big yeah, brother, yeah, yeah. Massey, Trini Massey, yes, sir. Yeah, that's my big brother, man. He, he, he. Um, I would go to choir rehearsals on Monday nights mm-hmm. just to sit there, yeah, and watch Alonzo play bass. Of course, yeah, under him and just kind of watch him. And he was one of my biggest influences. Actually, like a part of the reason why I even picked up the bass. Mm. And um, just because he he was so animated, the groove, the he, he was so uh, uh, aggressive on that thing. I, yeah. on, <laughs> I was drawn to it, so I I just watched him play for for um for uh, uh, for years, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and um, he just poured into me. He just poured into me, like showed me what to play. He would give me a chance. He would like, hey, young man, I'm not coming to Pittsburgh today, so you hold down rehearsal. Or, <laughs> wow. or you play, uh, or I'll let you play one of the songs at GMWA. Wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, so he, he was a big hands-on part you know, right. of my development and playing. So once again, all of this, my ears being developed from these rehearsals. Yeah. These choirs going Learning on the fly, you know, turnarounds yeah. and changes and Got to be sporadic, that, yeah. All of that, and um, and then I go home and just practice, mm-hmm. practice, practice everything. Everything was homework and then practice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Are there any other guys in Pittsburgh that, uh, or in that area that influenced you? Absolutely. Um, let's see. <laughs> Drums in 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 bass. Drums. So if we look at bass, uh, rest in peace, Don McNeil Senior. Mm-hmm. Um. Me, me, and all of his sons went to went to high school, maybe middle school too. But we all went to high school together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of his sons, 
um, one of his, well, two of his sons played trumpet and, um, and, and the other was a vocalist. And um, he, I played drums where he played bass. Okay. And um, he was the, the coolest guy ever, mm -hmm. you know, the yeah. coolest older guy. He was so, he, like, he was well-respected. Like, he was one of those guys, like, all right, you don't cross him. Yeah. He, he looks scary. Like, <laughs> six, four, six, five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Big dude. You know, but he was so cool. He was in, like, a 70s funk band back in the mm. day. Um, so he, He's one. Ronnie Biggs. Matter of fact, Ronnie Biggs played bass on James Moore Live in Pittsburgh. Wow. <laughs> Ronnie Biggs. Um, another guy named Rodney Williams, um, Brian Sanders. These are all local guys within yeah. the city. Those are most of the church guys. And then the, the jazz guys, uh, Dwayne Dolphin, Paul Thompson. Um, these are all guys that we kind of just grew up around um, that were just great at what they did. Yeah. Drums, it was always m my peers. So okay. My brother, Dennis Garner. And with uh, uh, William Javon Rushton and um, James James Johnson and man, just so many of my peers. But we were all taught under Roger Humphreys. Okay, you know, um, so like it, it it was a big community thing. Um, but but I remember my first time going to GMWA. I, I was I was fifteen and it was in New Orleans. Wow! And um, that was my first time seeing Thomas Pridgen. And rest in peace, Tim Robbins. Yes, sir. And um, that was when I met Aaron Spears. I met Jamal. I met mm -hmm. all, all the homies that we all know yeah, now. But, course, was, yeah. but that was my first time being introduced to shedding. Yeah. I came back home to Pittsburgh and I was like, yo, we need to shed. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's just shed. Just shed. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, right. Um, so, yeah, but that was those were my my influences in Pittsburgh and I'm as I'm talking like I, I'm just kind of remembering or having like nostalgic moments of um just kind of being uh what's the word exposed to yeah so much right jazz and you know gospel world like I remember one concert I I played for every opening act and mm. opening up for Kirk Franklin. Wow. I, I, I played drums for this opening act. I played bass for the next one. And I played drums for the next one. Wow. I played bass for the next one. Whoa. I was, I was on stage the whole time. How old were you? I was 16. 16. Already gigging full time. Like, yeah. <laughs> the big leagues. Yeah. And um, yeah. wow. My, my very first gig, I played behind Commission. Wow. And I was 16. I mean, I like, I like I played over the track, so it was yeah, like, yeah. you know, um, when the track goes out, just kinda, yeah, you gotta continue it, yeah, you know, you know continue the groove. Wow. I was like sixteen, yeah, I was sixteen. What bass? What was your first bass? A Yamaha BBG five string. I think it's in, I think it's in my closet actually. <laughs> wow, a blue. It's a blue bass with like little black stripes, um, gold plated hardware. And I bought it because I like the way it looked. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I went, I didn't know anything about bases. I went right, right. to the store. I saw it. I said, Mom, I want that base. Yeah. Saved up and bought me the base. Wow. Uh, yeah. That's cool. Um, let me move on. I'm gonna name some mm -hmm. influential people in your life and you give me 
15 to 30 seconds or something background sure. about them. Kevin Camp. Who? That's my brother, man. Amazing musician, amazing uh, person. Um, I'm going to tell you something non-musical. Okay. When I first went on dialysis, when I was living in Boston, what, 2009, mm -hmm. Kevin came and sat with me the entire three and a half, four hours. Wow. Yeah. yeah. A brother. That's a brother. That's yeah. a brother, man. So Absolutely. And and he's con he's been consistent ever since. Absolutely, bro. Yeah. Selfless. Selfless. Evan Bryce. Same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Brother, man. That's that's blood could not make us closer, man. Yeah. Like, that's same thing. Uh Kevin, Evan. We we created a sound. Absolutely. You see where I'm going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we created a sound, man, that um that is still to this day well respected. Absolutely. Man, I remember going to Boston and we would have to rehearse all week just to be in the conversation, just to make sure we were on the same level, man, because y'all were bringing it, man. They're going to those Bobby Perry uh, concerts and going to Boston to see y'all and see y'all come to Doobies and come down to Hartford and y'all wow. coming down to our open mics. I remember y'all came down to open mic we threw with Dion. Mm -hmm. Y'all drove all the way from Boston all the way down and played and. Those are just good times, man. Those early 2000s were something, yeah, something special, was, bro. You know, um, since you mentioned Evan and Kevin, um, you see, you know, me and Evan were roommates in college. Mm -hmm. We were roommates. And we lived across the street from Kingdom. Yeah. Um, and we made a conscious a conscious decision. We were like, you know what? We can't be the, the norm. Mm -hmm. We need to be extraordinary. So Y'all took risks, bro. Y'all were crazy like putting spain in intros and stuff like i remember all that i i remember man that 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 started with evan man yeah evan was like yo i got an idea i got an mm -hmm. idea let's just try it. let's just try i was like okay cool let's try it yeah you know what i mean we 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 had a key to the church so we mm -hmm. practiced literally every night like yeah. it, it, it'd be like one o'clock in the morning he was like yo i got an idea let's go over to the church yeah you know what I mean? <laughs> yep. I remember those days, bro. I remember, yeah. I remember the precision and the the love and the hunger, the youth that you guys had, and like, yeah, man. You know, just we love to play at that that age and that time. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Let's go to uh, Paris Bowens. Man, the nicest, sweetest guy. Yeah. Ever, man. Rest in peace, Paris, man. That yes, sir. that that loss really hurt. Yeah. That loss hurt a lot, man. But um. You know, he was he was he was consistent throughout when he started traveling with with Newbury. One, he was already an a musical icon. Of course, yeah. You know, before um uh, uniting with us with Israel and Newbury, he was already, you know, doing phenomenal and extraordinary things, you know, with Ty. Yeah. And getting a chance to work with him. Uh, grow with him, you know, laugh, cry, worship. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Have all these different moments with him, travel the world. Um, amazing. Just amazing yeah. guy, man. Amazing. Great person. Yeah. Rest in peace, P. Man, uh, let's go, Andrew Gouche. He. <laughs> reason why I picked up MTD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, quick story GMWA, I I'm 16 years old. The Wilmington Chester. Mass choir 
is going up next at this musical. And, and you know, at GMWA, in the musicians' corner, there's a bunch of drummers, a bunch of musicians, just kind of yes. waiting, waiting. Um, uh, there, there's a bunch of kind of waiting for their, you know, their turn. Mm -hmm. I guess the, the drummer was in the bathroom um, when when they were going up, <laughs> and and uh, Andrew Goucher stepped in, played bass. Yeah, we 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 need a drummer. We need a drummer. We need a drummer. Nobody was moving. Right, I got, I got to go play. They were doing Hosanna, mm. Hosanna. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. 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 Andrew Goucher is murdering. Yeah. He's killing. Mm -hmm. I'm distracted. Like, <laughs> never seen a bass player play like he is playing. Yeah. 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 Yelling at me. Stay in the pocket. Stay in the yeah. pocket. <laughs> oh, 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 my bad. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like distracted, smacking. I'm, I've never seen this before. Yeah. Um. So anytime he he played, I was like there. I was watching. I'm like this man is incredible. Um. But he was he he's the reason why I I uh, started playing MTD basses. Wow. And to this day, amazing friend, amazing guy. Yeah, yeah. Goucher is, is dope. He was the mayor of GMWA. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I can remember going to Minnesota my first year. I think I was oh four, oh five. Um, you know, same situation. We're all I'm with you for praise, and we're waiting to go on. Um, they're doing a tribute to Dottie Peoples, mm. and they say she starts singing. He's in on time, and nobody's there. So Goucher's already on the bass. He's getting ready to play for somebody else. He's you know tuning up. He starts playing the bass line. He's like, somebody get in the drums. Same situation. Mm -hmm. I jump on, and Kurt Carr gets on the keys. <laughs> so it's Andrew Goucher, Kurt Carr, and me on the drums. Mm -hmm. So I didn't move. I'm I'm watching. I'm, I'm not I'm not getting yelled at by everybody. So, um, but that was a funny story. It's similar to what mm -hmm. you went through, man. That was those situations. You know, you can meet anybody. I remember. Darnell Absolutely. got to play for Mary Mary because their oh. musicians didn't make it. And like he had to play on top of the TV tracks. Like it's, you never know in those you situations. You never know, man. Yeah. You so, and know. you think about all the people we met. I met Tim, I met Thomas, all those, all mm -hmm. of our guys we met at that convention, you know, just spending time and just being lovers of gospel music, man. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Those, those are good times. Talk about Tim. Tim Robbins. Tim. Wow. Man. Just got, just got chills. So, yeah. Tim, um, I met Tim at, at GMWA, like I yeah. said, in, mm -hmm. in New Orleans. And I think I went to GMWA for the every year for like the next, I don't know what, four, four or five mm -hmm. years, I'm gonna say. Yep. Um because we'd all be there together. Yeah, yeah. We would, we would click up and be East Coast and the West Coast. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. we'd all be there. Yep. And um, so I really you know me, him, and Thomas really got to know each other well. Yes. Uh, at GMWA. Mm -hmm. And then when I went to Berkeley, um, uh, Tim was already there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I was like, oh, snap. Yo, family, we all here together. So yep. um, once again, another great, you know, just a great soul, man. A phenomenal bass player. Man, there will never be another Tim. His ideas, his um, his boldness on mm -hmm. the like yeah. he was he he was the young Goucher. Yes, he was. NWA. Yeah. He was like 
if 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 Goucher was mentoring or tutoring anyone at that time, it was Tim. Like Tim sound just like him, but like a younger version. Yeah. With just different ideas. Um and then he was a stand-up guy like like Tim he 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 had he was the one that had the MTDs in school, so I would like play on his MTDs. Um, yeah, we're just you know just, just a good guy, man. Yeah, special good musician, guy, amazing, phenomenal musician, man. Just the 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 things that he would just kind of come up with on the on, on the bass, and then yeah. like I said, just 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 him as a person. Always loved when I saw him. Uh, I remember seeing him at GMWA. You know, Tim and uh, Thomas really ran, you know, the, the whole GMWA movement. Absolutely. I remember going to L.A. and seeing him at City of Refuge. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember getting engaged to my wife and him inboxing me like, yo, Chip, she's nice. This is the one. You, should. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so I remember, like, all remember all that stuff. So he was just a good guy. And it hurt us all when he transitioned. But long live. You yeah. know, our boy Tim Rob is absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Um, let's I'll, I'll wrap this up with Aaron Lindsay, Israel. Ooh. Yeah, so Aaron Lindsay in Israel. So, and I mean, this it, it, I you all probably wouldn't know who Justin Reigns is, <laughs> okay? But I, but then I will also have to throw in Terrence Palmer. Um, I had him down too. Oh, but you know, but I was gonna call every name, but yeah, no, no, I got you. (laughs) But I had to throw in Terrence because Terrence is is the one who said the gig is yours. He's the segue. He's the endorser. He 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 is. He is. Yeah. Um. But I remember getting the call. So, quick backstory. Um. So 2004, I want to mm-hmm. say. Yeah. 2004, I saw Israel and New Breed like three or four times. Mm-hmm. Um, one time was in DC. Uh, there was, there's this like African American college Christian event or, or yeah, called Impact. And they mm-hmm. met like every two years in DC. Okay. And I went in 2004. And Israel Newbury was the special guest artist. Yeah. And at the time, Evan's dad was playing guitar. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was playing guitar. So he saw me in the hallway and he was like, Justin. He was like, I was like yeah. He said, he said, come with me. So I went to sound check with them. Mm-hmm. It was um Terrence Palmer on bass. Yes. Marvin McQuitty, rest in peace. Yeah. On the drums. Eric Bryce, Aaron Lindsay, Buddy Strong. Wow. And um, I just kind of just sat there and watched. Sat mm-hmm. there and watched and everything. I met Terrence. Me and Terrence talked, and and then that was that. Next time I see them, they come to Boston. I'm playing with Bobby Perry and Rain, mm-hmm. and we opened up for Israel Newbury. Nice. You go in the back. Excuse me. Me and Terrence are talking. Terrence mentions, "I'm looking for a sub because he was doing a lot. He was doing Martha Manizzi at the time. He was yeah. working on a solo record." Mm-hmm. And I said, "You know, well, I hope you find who who you're looking for." okay fast forward uh they come back to boston yeah i'm playing drums for uh free to battle wow and it's it's, it's israel newbury concert yeah um um same same thing get get to the back yeah we talking he's like yeah man i'm looking for somebody to sell i'm like well i hope hope you find (laughs) you're looking for 
you know. Is your mind not thinking of that, or are you just being humble? My, my mind wasn't thinking about it. I was like, yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if it happens, it happens, you know. Right. Or, or I wasn't even thinking about it happening. Okay. To be, to be, to be honest. Um, and like fast forward like a few months, I think it was Eric Bryce who who put my name in the hat, but um. I get a call from Israel. I get a call from a Houston number. Wow. I was in my apartment. And I was like, who's calling me from a Houston area code? Mm -hmm. Answer the phone. Hey, this is Israel Houghton. I said, no, it's not. I was going to hang up. (laughs) (laughs) He said, no, this is Israel Houghton. I said, hold on one second. I put my my phone on mute. Mm -hmm. I started screaming around. (laughs) I started screaming. Because a part of my work ethic, if we kind of like backtrack, part of my work ethic and discipline was whenever there was a new gospel album out, I learned it. Yeah. I learned it from top to bottom and then yeah. I put it on the shelf. Right. That was working on my retention without me not really even knowing about it. Amazing. Um, so I, I knew everything that was that they were doing. So he calls yeah. me and says, hey, we're going to bring you to Chicago to Shadow Terrence. Mm-hmm. Said, okay, he said, "Can you?" He said, "You can you can cover Big Mike if you needed to as well." I was like, "Sure, absolutely." <laughs> I'm I'm like I'm just talking, like sure. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so they they take me to Chicago. I shadowed Terrence, and it was preparing me for my first date, which was November fifteenth, two thousand five, wow. in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. <laughs> you your first gig was at home. Was at home. So was Mike Clemens. His first gig was in, in, in Connecticut, Richmond. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's crazy. First gig at home in the convention center, a free concert in the convention center. Whoa. So I leave Pittsburgh in 2002, come back home periodically to like play for Trini and stuff like that. And there's there's more stories in between there, but yeah, come back home periodically to play. And then I don't come back home until 2005. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm with one of the biggest up and coming gospel artists at that time. Wow. So that was that was big, but Aaron and Israel just what this November will be 18 years that I've been a part of Israel Newbury. Oh my god, yeah, and um, flies, Justin. I remember (laughs) clearly, yeah, wow, it's been been 18 years, man, and um, I've learned so much, I've grown, um in so many ways like i would need the entire like two three hours to really talk about of course you know, yeah the, yeah yeah they the could have an episode just for for the, your new breed stories right yeah <laughs> uh the impact um traveling the world yes you know what i mean being able to go places i i i uh i i took my kids to go see uh tiwa savage the other night yeah and um i went to school with tiwa she went to berkeley we all we all went to school together. That's amazing. We got like I got I've got DVDs of concerts that we've done together. Yeah. And um I saw the drummer, the drummer saw me and he got so excited. And I'm thinking, I'm like, wow. And like my kids are like, Did you know that he was a fan? I was <laughs> like, I didn't know. 
but God has allowed daddy to travel the world and, and like my name is bigger than I like to admit yeah in certain music music uh uh bubbles yeah you know and I was like wow it it it, it stemmed or it took my gratitude to another level like I'm I'm I'm, I'm grateful for that my brother, you deserve it. This is episode 10 of Musician Memoirs on the In The Pocket podcast with my friend and brother, Justin Rafiki Reigns. Bro, you deserve everything, every blessing that God has for you Thank because you. the way you are in everyday life is the how you are on the stage. You are a kind person. You are, you know, just like you said, you're interacting with, your, with people who idolize you and are fans of you. I know I wasn't even there, but I know you handled them with care. Yeah. I know you were kind to them. I know you took pictures and whatever they needed because that's just who you are. That's yeah. just an outside of the base. A lot of people on their instrument are idolized, but then off the instrument, they are jerks. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I salute you. I applaud you. I wanted to have you on the show because for one, you're my brother. Two, so many people uh, requested you. Yeah. And then many wow. people um, don't know the person behind the instrument. Yeah. So I wanted to get your story, tell your story, and then provide encouragement and your insight on how you've been able to obtain and sustain this yeah. longevity in your career. Um, be teachable. Yeah. You know, um, as a teacher, I'm still teachable. You right. know, like one thing um, that I've that I've learned about myself is that I learn from my students. Yeah, students can make a mistake, and I'll turn the mistake into an exercise. Mm -hmm. You know, so like knowing that there's always something to learn, there's always something new to learn, and embracing what is new to yeah. learn. Yeah. You know, what I mean, keep people around you that are better than you, or that's going to continue to push you. Yeah, you know what I mean, be be in the know of what's going on. Don't just be so into yourself, but at the same time, be comfortable within your skin. Yeah, you know what I mean. Be comfortable with what you can do. Um, uh, whenever I get a lot of new students, uh, the word confidence is used a lot. You know, mm -hmm. if I had, if I was better, I would be more confident. If I yeah. was this, I would be more confident. I'm like, well, look at a child. You know, if, if, if I bring my daughter into my studio, she's going to play these drums with confidence. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what's up. Um, so you'd be confident at the level you are. You know, right. so wherever you are, you be confident. You play that. I think about our our brother Brandon Hodge, mm -hmm. and I remember him starting out on bass. Like he, yeah. he was like he he came out killing. <laughs> so, so unfair. Yeah, but he's another prodigy like you though. So, but he was confident. Yeah, in what he could do. Yes, you know what I mean. He wasn't a big chopper. Mm -hmm. But his ear was so crazy and open, and he when he played, he played with confidence. Yes, and and, and I use that analogy or that example uh, whenever I'm like kind of talking to people or doing seminars or doing yeah. classes. I'm talking about confidence to people. Yeah, you be confident with what you have. If you can only play three notes, you play those three notes with confidence. If you can yeah. only play a pocket beat, you play that thing until those drums are bleeding. That's right. You know what I mean, like. Yeah. That's 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 just one part of it. Being confident in who you are, being up to date with what's going on, mm -hmm. and be teachable. Yeah, be teachable yeah. and it, it, embrace what's outside of you. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah, so, be aware. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Let's move on to another uh, segment of the show. This is episode 10 of Musician Memoirs with my brother, uh, Justin Rains. Tools for the gig. Three things that are in your gig bag. Um, my iRig. Okay. My 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 tuner and my uh, cord. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, name your pre-show ritual. Ritual. I can't say that. Name your pre-show ritual. Pre-show ritual. You're about to go out on a strong leg of dates. What's every um, day like? If I'm getting ready to go out on a few dates, I like to be prepared. Mm-hmm. When I'm on stage, I don't want to think. I just want yeah. to play. Okay. You know, so I'll make sure that I go through everything. Uh, for If it's a tour run, I'll make sure I go through everything. Um, if I want to... Yeah, make sure I go through everything. Make sure I'm comfortable. If if, if I'm standing, make sure I'm practicing standing and mm-hmm. dancing around and all that stuff. Yeah, make sure I'm comfortable and I know everything in and out. Yeah, you know. And um, so when it's time to go on stage, it's it's, it's just about entertaining the people. Do you have a pre-show meal or anything that you do before? Um, push-ups. Push-ups. Yeah, uh, we can tell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Push-ups. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and just to double back on retention, how do you retain your material? Wow, it's been so long now. I see. I'm, I'm 38. Um, when I was younger, and I think this this kind of helps add context. When I was younger, when I was like 15, 16, started playing bass. The lady, an older lady in my church, she worked in the bookstore. And, you know, back in the day, new music came out on Tuesdays. Right. You know, every Tuesday, we're going to Circuit City. We're going mm-hmm. to, you know, wherever they sell right. these movies and, and um, music came out on Tuesdays. She would always give me two CDs every time I saw her on Sundays or in rehearsal. She would give me two CDs. It didn't matter what it was. Wow. And I would go home and I would learn the music. I was wow. learning. I read the liner notes and I would learn the music from top to bottom. Wow. But I didn't know what it was doing, guys. It was it was working on my retention and, okay. and preparing me. Because I remember uh going to like a musical in, in Pittsburgh and mm-hmm. like a special artist came through and they just started singing a random song. Nobody knew it. Nobody knew it but you. But me, how do you know this? I was like, I, I remember practicing it uh, <laughs> randomly. So, right. I was like, and by this time, I'm like, okay, I see what's going on. So, what I started to do is I started to be more um, intentional. So, yeah. you think about it, whenever we're, we're reading a book, you want to remember what you right. read in that book. Um, Comprehension or, or, Major, yeah. or, um, directions yeah you, know, you drive somewhere one time oh i'm i know how to get there yeah actors yeah you know, having to remember a script mm-hmm. you know so for me when it came to music i don't just focus on my part mm-hmm. i learn everything i learn the lyrics i learn um everybody's part maybe mm-hmm. not to play it but i can hear it I know what what's going on throughout the song in everybody's. Oh! I know, I know, I know. It was getting good, wasn't it? Hey, but the good news is we'll be back next week, September twentieth, at eight p.m. for part two. 
with Justin Rafiki Reigns on the In The Pocket Podcast. Thank you for your support. Please like, share, and subscribe. Forward this to your people and let them know that we're on and putting out premium content. Thank you for your support, and we'll see you next week. Stay in the pocket. Hey.